Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and me, we were a music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And this week we are also joined by an old friend of the podcast. He's back by popular demand. It's Mr. Robert Gershenson. Hello, hello. Robert, thanks for joining us again. Thank you for having me. You know I love this podcast. And it's been a whole ten weeks since you were here last. I know, you said that before and I don't recall it being that long. I really don't. But I love this podcast, as you know. Yes. And the thing that I love the most is that I'm the first one to admit my music taste is not super wide. So it's educational for me as well. Mm. So when you did your alphabet episode i've been listening to that fantastic six song on loop it's great but i wouldn't have discovered it if it wasn't for you two we do aim to delight and surprise yes and educate and entertain so on the turntable this week we've got funplex by the b52s funplex we're going back to a group that was originally formed in 1976 goodness robert what do you remember about 1976 (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was there when Fred met Kate <laughs> and Cindy. So that's a good question to start off with. So who were the, the founding members of the B-52s? Cindy. Fred. Fred, Kate, Keith Strickland Rick. and Ricky. And as it stands at the moment, who's still with us? Well, Ricky died in the mid-80s and then the band now is just Kate, Cindy and Fred. Yeah, Keith has retired. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because when Keith first did retire, it was announced on the website that he was retiring from live shows but would still very much be a member of the B-52s. Yeah. Obviously, you'd expect that to be kind of involved in the studio stuff, but actually, Funplex that we're talking about today is their last album that they released 11 years ago this very week. Yes, and not to blow my own trumpet, (laughs) but Cindy Wilson came on my podcast, my other podcast, Shoot First, Talk Later, and she said that pretty much... Funplex is the last album. They're not ever going to do another one. And you've been and not, here... to, not to blow my own trumpet, but when I spoke to her, she said they toyed around the idea of a single or something, but it didn't feel right without Keith. Well, what did she say to you? Um, but she didn't say anything to me, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this, but she would probably want you both to be a bit, little bit more self-deprecating through this week's podcast. She might mind you saying that. Uh, and Robert, you've been here three minutes and you already got in, you blew your own trumpet and you got in a plug for your own podcast. It's a Wednesday night. And you also mentioned about not being extra wide. <laughs> I was talking about lenses. They'll draw a veil over that. <laughs> so Funplex is the seventh studio album by the B-52s. Um, now I'm, I'm going to put my hands up and say I'm probably not the biggest font of knowledge on the B-52s as you two are. So what were the albums that preceded Funplex? So prior to... Funplex was, we'll go backwards. Good good stuff? Good stuff. It was 16 years between Good Stuff, 1992, and this, 2008. And prior to that... Cosmic Thing? Yeah, in 1989. Which had uh, um, Love Shack on it, Yes, it It was the first one without Ricky. Yes. Prior to... I've not heard that one. We should say that Good Stuff was also without Cindy. Good Stuff was without Cindy. She felt burnt out after... Cosmic Thing and the big tour. Because that's when they went boom. They started off as this amazing new wave band. And then after Ricky died, they kind of went into a different direction. They made very radio 
friendly hits and suddenly they became boom they had their moment they were the biggest band in the world so they got caught up in that carried on they did touring for like three years and she was burnt out yeah and as she said to me her my my clerk was ticking she wanted to have a baby <laughs> so she started the family so she had to leave the band because she Aww. couldn't balance that you know she needed time to recover from the death of ricky and have a and have a family prior to and as she said to me she wanted to spend time with her parents as well <laughs> <laughs> she's more my friend <laughs> yeah, but we're best best friends best 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 we are best friends forever okay. oh you two it's going to be some real <laughs> posturing and uh... <laughs> um, so prior to Cosmic Thing was um, Bounce Off the Satellites which again was a bit of a different sound even from their earlier stuff yeah prior to Bounce Off the Satellites was Whammy then was it the Mesopotamia EP did that come no it was I think it was called oh I can't remember what the Second album Wild was called Planet. Wild, Wild Planet. Planet. I was going to say Planet Claire, and then the first one's just called the B Fifty Twos, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So ha- a, you know, for a band that's been around for forty odd years now, they've only done seven studio albums, and none of them are a dud. No, that's quite a extraordinary thing. So certainly a case of quality, not quantity. There. Yeah. I certainly think going into talking about today's album, this is one for me as more of a casual fan that um, really pricked my attention. When it was released? When it was released. Because actually, for all the talk about New Wave and different sounds, this very much felt current yes. when it came out in the 2008. I think it boxing. still feels fresh now. What interested me about this was that the fact that it was produced by Steve Osborne who had done work with New Order, so I was aware of his name through that. Mm-hmm. And I think, likewise, that he gave New Order a kind of a, mo- a modern sound while still sounding like them. I think it's the same with the B-52s. I don't, in a way, there are certain bits of this I don't think sound anything like their debut album, but the elements are all there, that, you know, Fred's voice and uh, the harmonies of the girls and the lyrical content. It's definitely B-52s album, but it's, yeah, it's fresh. It sounds like that time oh, as well. absolutely. The, the scaffolding is there. But the tarpaulin is fresh and modern. Oh yeah, just came up with that now. <laughs> you can keep that one. <laughs> well, have you got a third way to put, put that? No, I think we should just get stuck in, actually. What about um, a fantastic idea? Yes, so... Should we pump s- it up? Side one, track one. Pump. And this is for everyone out there. I look at you and I'm ready to pump. Luminous heartthrob, ready to jump. So that was Pump, and what a way to kick off the album. It really was pumping, wasn't it? It Yes, although when she says, uh, when she, who's she, the cat's mother, when Kate says, I look at you and I'm ready to pump, I do wonder if she's got a flatulence problem. <laughs> pumping and trumping. <laughs> What's the saying you say on the podcast? It's a good way to put your stables out. <laughs> <laughs> they really set their stall out. Right. For, for <laughs> It is. It's a brilliant album opener. I love, love that guitar riff that opens it. It, um, it could have come off the first album. So it's going back to what you're saying. It's a classic B-52 sound, but it's so modern. Mm. Yeah, 
And what's interesting, even though this, this came out in 2008, there was 16 years between this and the previous one, they didn't fall into that old habit that sometimes bands who haven't released music in a decade or so fall into, which is go, right, well, we did, we did Rock Lobster, so let's do a new version. Let's do a song that's like the sister of that. Let's do our new version of Planet Claire. Let's write an album that sounds like our old stuff. This is definitely a B-52 banger, not a B-52 bomber. Oh, um, did you work on that one all day? I've been thinking about that. <laughs> I work it in, yeah. I really love the, the introduction to this before the guitar even comes in and some of the electronic things going on there. At the time, it really made me think of, there's a lot of, uh, my friends at the time were listening to a lot of electronic indie stuff like Crystal Castles and CSS and... Oh, you're too hip for me. Drugs music. Well, yes. (laughs) And I remember playing around this. All right, Nana. (laughs) Sex Pistols. (laughs) Um, I played them this, really in the hope of... Do you ever sometimes try and trick your friends into listening to something and making them like something that they've said they don't like already? Does everyone do that? No, I'm not that vindictive. I am. Um, And they did really like the the intro to this song. But... um, yeah, the introduction and the electronic work on this, and actually throughout the album, is something that I really love about it. It's a consistent-sounding album. They all sound like they belong together. Yeah. Which, on some of the other Bees albums, that hasn't always been the case. So, track two, and this is Hot Corner. Does it continue the energy and promise of the first track? Yeah, I think it literally pumps it up. Hmm. It, it could almost be... You know, sometimes bands open up a, a concert with a song and then they don't even say hello, they just go straight into track two. Yes. That's, this is a perfect song for them to do that with. If they just opened up the tour with these first two opening tracks, then say hello, that would be perfect. There's something about... Kate and Cindy's voices, the way they blend together, so fucking pleasurable. And it must be like some sort of, you know, it's like certain tones and certain sounds and pitches must just completely tap into some sort of chemical reaction in the brain and the mind because it's so pleasurable. I love the way their voices blend. Because sometimes you think, oh, are they a bit off-key? But they're never off-key. It's that weird harmony thing do you know what i mean it's almost like a there's a harshness to it sometimes but i like it it's not just a nice harshness a bit of a clash yes uh, or something but yeah completely agree i love how their voices work together Uh, actually when i spoke to cindy she was telling me that she really (laughs) actually loves how their voices work together and then you've got fred's vocals and they are very distinctive Mm -hmm. also i'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this quite dramatic quite camp in his delivery Oh, he might mind that. Camp, is that offensive? Is anyone offended I don't think you'll camp? mind. No, I don't but... think you mind. He is as camp as Christmas. Is that the saying? Yes. Oh, you're Jewish, of course. I'm Jewish, I don't know these things. He is... He's as sassy as Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, sassy as Hanukkah. His, his vocals are, are brilliant. He's a, he's a poet, he's a lyricist, he is genius. And one of few 
uh, vocalist who is just a complete distinct sound. There's only one of Fred Schneider. No one else is yeah, doing that. No one else sounds like that. This song's a great song to sing along to. It's got that shimmy, shimmy, shake it, honey, honey. If I ever saw them live, I would love that. I would love Hot Corner to be included. And there's this that great bit at the three minute mark where the beat suddenly increases. And it almost becomes like an MC5 or a Grand Funk Railroad track. Mm, that's very... Um... A bit of 70s funk. Yeah, mm, it's quite a hard street. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> but also, bedded underneath it, just really subtly, and I only really picked up on it today when I gave it another listen, there's like this cool Hendrix-style wailing guitar all under the song. Mm. It's old Keith. Old Keith, Keith Strickland. Yeah. Keith Strickland. The guitars definitely on this song, I think, are turned up, and there's more prominence more prominence is that word more presence of the guitars mm. than in a lot of b52 songs throughout the back catalogue i felt with this one and this just kicks off with it doesn't it from the office the guitars and it's yeah that kind of throughout um i love the bus from london line as well obviously yeah. being <laughs> being londoners ourselves oh yeah you're a londoner yeah i've been here five years born in london oh no well uh, adoptive londoner spiritual home yes um very radio friendly i can imagine if you were in in America, Atlanta, Georgia. Exactly, you would hear this on some of the kind of soft rock pop stations. A drive time kind of thing. I'd love to be driving in an open car like with this song playing. Mm. Can we make that happen? What, what about a Chrysler? Do you uh, hop in your Chrysler? Um, as big I'll, as a whale. I'll make do with that. Mid- midlife Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, this track, Hot Corner. Was it a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? Oh, great. We're going to do this for every track. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was a B-52 banger. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on Swap Shop. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, don't get the reference before my time. Oh, as if. Fuck off. You know what I'm talking about. Should we move on? Track three, then. Uh, this is Ultraviolet. you both loving it as well i do I, I do like this this track ultraviolet it is a solid album track i can't uh, imagine I them releasing it as a single the mm. phrase we use on this podcast is definitely an album track definitely an album track <laughs> but they played it on tour and it, it sounds really good on that live album from yes. the tour um i think because it's recorded by the b52s and it has their personality and it is quite hooky, and it has their inf- it has their inflictions, and it is quite infectious. It sounds really good, but I think if anyone else recorded this, I think it would reveal itself to be just a decent song. Hmm. Did you mean inflictions or inflections? Probably both. I don't know what either mean. I'm just nodding my head. Oh, baby. Which the listeners can't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I particularly, we talked about the harmonies before, and we'll talk about it some more, I'm sure, but the harmonies of... Kate and Cindy in this one I think are fantastic but I also love there's parts during the verses where they take turns to sing 
and Kate's obviously got this fantastic vocal, but Cindy's is great because last year she released her solo album, mm. which is, uh, we went to see a show and we both spoke to her on separate occasions. I spoke to her for a long, long time, actually. Um, got very close. Yeah, but I gave her a bottle of wine. And what did you say? This is classy. <laughs> Genuinely. But Cindy's vocal on her solo stuff was very different, wasn't it? It was very wispy and airy. And yeah, on the album, on, on, on the album Change, it is. It's very um, gold frappy. Yeah. But live. when she actually sings it live, she has the full power of her voice. Mm. There's some lovely dreamy synths in this track. I hope you don't mind me saying. No, it's, it's your truth. And I'll tell you mine. Um, particularly, there's a bit of a breakdown after one of the choruses, and it's, it's purely synths, which I think is what makes this album and this track sound so current, because in the time between the B-52's first or the early material to then, to when this album came out, synths have changed a lot. But since that time, they haven't changed so much, so it feels... Synths or synths? Synths. Synthia sound. The synthia sounds of the track. <laughs> since the synths came out. Lyrically, what's great about this one as well? Lyrically, <laughs> where's that from? Could you you that? said it in a previous episode, oh, and it stuck. It's my own catchphrase. Yeah. I didn't realise it was there. Let's hit the G spot. Pull the car over. What do we think to that? It's a bit saucy, isn't it? Hmm. Maybe they mean good spot. Oh, loving it. Can you get your mind out the gutter? Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what the G spot is. The gutter spot. Hmm. Gutter spot. William, ultraviolet. Is it B fifty two? Banger or a B-52 bomber? B-52 banger. Yeah. Marvellous. Uh, <clears throat> so, we're <laughs> on to track four now. This is Juliet of the Spirits. Tracks, one of my favourite tracks on this album. Likewise. Someone's missing them. Fred! Where's Fred? So this <laughs> this is the second single released from this album, and as it stands at the moment, the B-52's most recent single. Oh my, I never thought about it like that. That would make sense. Hmm. And as it stands at the moment also, their final ever single. Yeah. Wow. Just let that sink in. Oh, I don't like the thought of that. Ooh, I don't like closure. <laughs> Issues. Mm. Issues. Mm. It starts off this song with the potential to just be a really bland album track. Or how, what is it you call it? Definitely an album track. Definitely an album track. But then it, it completely switches a couple of times throughout the song. At 43 seconds it shifts and the chorus kicks in. And it's really catchy and it's sung really sweetly by Kate and Cindy. And then you think it's going to go back to what it was in the first 45 seconds. And then at 103, it switches again and it, it kind of kicks up into this kind of semi dancey kind of track. And then that's the, that really cool kind of chanty, almost rap bit at three minutes. Yeah. And you never know where this song is going. It's awesome. Yes, that's a wonderful way to put it. It is very, I think it's quite trippy and quite dreamy in a way. Um... 
It's inspired by Julietta of the Spirits, which is a 1965 surrealist drama. And although Fred doesn't appear on this song, he did have a big hand in the lyrics. So I'm told. Yes. And I've got the film on DVD. I haven't watched it yet. Thought I'd put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love... This is the sort of song that... The band probably will never sing this live. Mm. But if there was a tribute act, this is the sort of deep cut that a tribute act would love to perform. Yeah. The B-53s. The B-52s. Oh. As in T-O-O. Oh. Oh, yeah. Only in... Only when recently listening to this album, ahead of doing this podcast, I thought this, of all the songs on this album, and maybe even all the B-52 songs, this is one of the ones that could have featured on a Cindy's Change album, because it is so stripped back and electronic and yeah, male presence. And it's weird, even though it's their vocals, musically it's the one that's so different to everything they've done before. Yeah. It doesn't have that distinctive guitar sound. It doesn't really have any of like the weird sounds and the strange vocals. It's very, it's very stripped down, like you said, but it's still so undeniably B-52s. Yeah. Hey, Will! <laughs> Juliet of the Spirits, B-52 banger or B-52 bomber? Definitely B-52 banger. Yeah. <laughs> so should we move on to the next one? Yes. Great idea. And as is the title track of the album, Fun. Faster, faster, can't get enough. What the hell will I do with this stuff? I'm your daytime waitress at the Taco Tiki Hut. I'm your daytime waitress, here's your stupid seven up. You kiss my heart going up and down the escalator. You blew me up and now you've lost the real thing. Oh, broke my heart at the fun place. Yes, you did. The fun place there, and to coin another catchphrase from the podcast, what a fun song. Oh, incredibly fun song. I love how on this album, the title track and the lead single is right in the middle of the album uh, and not the opening track. It's great to come into something new that's brilliant and to save this, which is, again, another highlight of the album, for more of a midpoint. It's a lovely slice of Americana. The mall, which is what this song is about, is such an American thing. You go, you hang out at the Tiki Hut, you go to the cookie counter, you go to the food hall, the multiplex. Food court, the multiplex. It's all very American. If that's if, if if there was American culture, that is it. Yeah. Very American, very um quite kitsch as well with some of the references, which I think they have been throughout their career with yeah. their lyrics. They're not afraid of you know you sometimes you see those houses that are decorated with like really bad taste. Like good bad taste, like uh, a plastic swan or a plastic <laughs> um, like oversized banana, things like that. You know, like novelty Will's front room, <laughs> like Lego novelty knickknacks. <laughs> that's the death stare from Will there. <laughs> but that's what B fifty twos are. They take that kind of trailer trash kind of culture and turn it into sort of really cool pop songs yeah and and to further reinforce that point as brash as it was 
um, in the video for this, um, it features a cameo appearance from RuPaul. Yes, really? well, he was in the Love Shack video. Uh, yes, and that was one of his f- first appearances as a performer. Yes. In the Love Shack video. Well, it was one of his first performances outside of the clubs. They all met in Georgia, Atlanta. And that was in Atlanta, Georgia. Which one Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. So they all met on the circuit there. They invited Ru to come and be on uh, the, the video for Love Shack. And then years later... Rue invited them on to Drag Racers uh, judges. Yes, oh. yeah. And of course, um, that was kind of when he was first starting out. Of course, he's on TV all, all the year time round. now. Um, <laughs> God, he's on TV more than Piers Morgan. Uh, oh, don't say that name on this podcast. I sorry, to... sorry, listeners. Sorry about that. We're quite explicit <laughs> on this one now. This song for me, although we talked about how it's this album is very modern and current and new. This is their most Love Shack song since Love Shack. Yes. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I can hear that. The feeling of the song, how the how Fred Parts, I'll say how Fred Parts and Cindy's and Kate Parts work together, but that doesn't sound quite right. <laughs> not not compatible. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking as Kate and Cindy are harmonising and doing their chorusy verse bits, Fred is doing his bit. It's all none of it unbalances the other it's, it's they're not fighting for space it's really it's mixed really well that you can hear each level yeah and this is one i'd love to hear live i've never seen them live you mentioned before about hot corner is one you'd love to mm-hmm. see i would absolutely love to see this but they haven't played the uk in quite a few years now no five or six yeah but they are back i read recently they're playing a festival in spain in july so fingers crossed that they're going to come across to the uk and also for Will and I, he'll be at Glastonbury. Fingers crossed for an appearance there, because that would be amazing, wouldn't it? It would be lovely if we could talk about them as part of our special track-by-track coverage yes. for Glastonbury. Hey, Will! Funplex! B-52 Banger or B-52 Bomber? B-52 Banger! Yay! Yes. Five out of five so five far. Five on five. Five on oh, five. Come on, the next I one. think that's five on five, that is. So, from the Funplex, onto track six now, this is Eyes Wide Open. Unexpected, undetected Eyes Wide Open. Isn't that the name of a... No blinking. A Kubrick film that you like? Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, so close. One of my favourite Christmas movies. Cause is it? Christmas, to me, is a Masonic Rothschild, Eyes Wide Shut, fuck party. Oh. Why? Normally with my mum around, <laughs> around the dinner table. So that's... I think we're into a really strong brace of tracks in this kind of midpoint of the album, because I really love that one. I absolutely love that. It has been from the first time I heard it, and still is one of my favourite songs from this album. I think it's such an electronic, fantastic song that this one, probably all of the songs on here, even including Juliet and the Spirits, could have been done by a new band that came out around the same time, for the most part. But then all of a sudden, it comes in with um, some of Fred's "You're so good, so good, it's bad" and things like that. It just kind of like stamps that B52s. Seal of approval on. This is my absolute favourite on this album. I think it's 
such an amazing quiet moment from the B-52s and especially Fred with his vocals they're very somber and almost melancholy a little mm. bit like Give Me Back My Man from back in the day when Cindy had a song that was just her vocal no one else was on that vocal this one could be a sister track to Planet Claire but it's 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 definitely its own thing it has that kind of cool funk guitar and has those sort of high top drums and a bit of a tambourine I love the distortion on Fred's vocals. Yeah. As if he's talking through like a uh, like a, a shitty transistor radio and it's kind of kind of strange because that's an analog thing and this is such a digital style album. Yeah. And like you said about um, Planet Claire, I love it feels a bit eight bit those synths and it's very yeah. sim- it's really mm. simple and very robotic. Um I love the girls chorus kind of refrain as well. Yeah. Again, we've talked about how they work together, and that's fully evident there. And you and I love an extended outro, and this song has it. William, is this a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? B-52 banger. Yeah. Another one. They're on a six. Six on six. Six on six. Well, let's see if we make it seven. So this next one is Love in the Year 3000. Robots, booty bots, erotobots. Robots, booty bots, erotobots. Robots, booty bots, erotobots. It would feel real different. I might be a little bit common, I'm shoulders. And I'll give you a kiss. Tentative tentacles are grabbing me. We're making space, love and zero. So that was Love in the Year 3000, not to be confused with the busted song, track of the same title. Year 3000. Year 3000. There's no love there. No. There's no they, love in Busted. They fell out, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. They're back together now. Charlie buggered off. For the money. Interestingly, Steve Osborne, who produced this, produced some of Charlie's uh, solo tracks. What was his side project called? Like Pig Fight Star. Star. Oh. Pig Farm. <laughs> that was David Cameron's side project. Five star. That five was, star. Oh yeah, five. God, do you remember five star? No, God. I don't. For my time, uh, another very very good track. And I think this is one. This is the most dance, as in dance as a genre song on the album. It comes in with this really thumping beat. Yeah, it's thumping this one. It's got a donk on it, and it's probably the most contemporary sound, or the most the most the biggest mix of kind of modern synth pop and their more original sound. I'd agree. Now, I have to say, this is probably, in an album that's full for me, you haven't actually asked me, Robert, why I think of each song, but in an album that's full of B-52's bangers, this is probably my least favourite of them all, I have to say. And I'm waiting now, Will, I'm waiting on, is it Tenderhooks or Tenterhooks? Tenderhooks. I'm waiting on Tenderhooks. I'm waiting on (laughs) Tenderhooks. to find out if this is when you're going to talk about the fantastic album artwork. No, because as I had just said, I really like this track. Hey Will, is this a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? It's a B-52 banger. Seven on seven. (laughs) Track number eight now, this is Deviant Ingredient.
daisy chain in the driving rain they do the slow boogaloo and the shang lang it's the yin and yang shang lang slow boogaloo so show of hands who in this room is an eroticist Ooh, what's one of them? What does that mean? Just because of uni? Fully eroticized being. A fully eroticized being? I think that's what Fred was saying. When was he saying that? Uh, in the in the in the speaking section of the song. The talking section. Yes. Which actually I think saves the song because I like the first half and I like the second half. But never the twain shall meet. But I like the second half more, and I think it saves it from being a reasonably bland. Definitely album track. Mm. Well, for me, <gasps> this is a fantastic, a great time to talk about the fantastic <laughs> album artwork. But what about the boogaloo and the shangalang? You the can you can yang. stuff your boogaloos and your shangalangs um, nah, in a sack. Oh. So the album artwork, it's uh, four members, all four members of the band. Uh, they're all wearing stripes and it's a, really, it's a real black and white theme. They've just been performing a gig and they've taken a moment to step in front of their equipment um, and pose for the camera. Now I'll give each of you or one of you 10 points if you can tell me what about the uh, the band's name on this album is different to every other feature. Yes, the apostrophe. apostrophe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we both get, how many points did I say? 10 points. 10, Ten points to Griffin. 10 pounds. I think I said points. <laughs> points mean pounds in this no. game. Points mean prizes. Yes. And the prize is... A weekend break for two at Centre Park. A speedboat. Oh, wow. Speedboat. I live in Hertfordshire. It's a speedboat. I'll have to put on Elstree Reservoir. Motorboat through motorboating in Centre Park. (laughs) (laughs) From experience? No, I've never been to Centre Parks. (laughs) So it's a shame that you had to talk about the album for that song. I understand why you did. I know that you're not... You were more of an electronic man. I don't plug Will in every night, by the way, uh, into the main something. Anyway, um, it's very country-esque. I like it. It's stripped back. It's the most acoustic thing on this album. Probably one of the most acoustic things since Rome, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the bluegrassy sound as well. Yeah. And we've hinted at it before, but that lyric of there's a daisy chain in the driving range. They do the slow boogaloo and the shang-a-lang. It's very the yin and yang shang-a-lang. The slow boogaloo is what they do. I love that line. I thought you were doing poetry then with some rhyming. But it's not just the lyrics, it's how he delivers it as well. It's very sardonic. The last three tracks, Eyes Wide Open, Love in the Year 3000, Deviant Ingredient, it it sounds like it could be taken from a concept album by the the B-52s. It's all about space travel and robots and kind of 1950s style pulp sci-fi like Invasions of the Body Snatchers or The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's very Americana. Yeah. And I do remember reading a long time ago. She didn't tell me when I met her, but uh, she did tell me lots. You didn't meet her. You spoke to her on the phone. Well, we met in spiritual away. Cindy wrote a lot of this song. She And the the idea of the deviant ingredient was an idea of hers. But, well, need I ask, is this a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? B-52 bomber was that the noise of the bomb falling (laughs) well let's move on let's draw a veil over that this next one is too much to think about too much to think about just 
chorus it's a great chorus it's very uplifting it feels like a 60s song something by the Shangri-Las or the Ronettes kind of like leader of the pack yeah I like that, that. I that, like that about it sort of repetition in the chorus makes it well just the beat like the that a classic that that <laughs> I met him at the candy store <laughs> oh no <laughs> For me, this is the track that feels most like the B-52s sounding like old, older, I should say, B-52s material. This doesn't excite me in the way that the songs do. It's, Funplex is like that in a way, but it manages to become its own thing, whereas I think this feels very much, part. it feels very much like an album track, and it feels very much like a B-52s by numbers track. Yeah, it's not my favourite. In fact, it's it's my least favourite on the album. Wow. I'd probably listen to Love in the Year 3000 over this. Mm. In fact, I do. Mm. And in fact, I do. Mm. Uh, it's. I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite songs on the album. I really enjoy the chorus, uh, and I wouldn't put it in album artwork uh, appreciation territory. Mm. But it's fine. It's fine. I, I do I really like how Cindy sings... Who knows when it wraps around your brain and she really like goes for that line. And it wraps around my brain. Good old Cindy. Uh, our friend Cindy. My friend Cindy. My good friend. My friend. Hey Will, is this a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? B-52 bomber. Ah, oh, oh. so we've got two bombers so far. Yes. There's not this, middle ground. This and DV, well bummer. No, I'm gonna. I'm going hard on this. I'm either gonna say it's which one. Bummer. I'm either. I'm either gonna say it's great or it's not. You're being okay. binary, so yeah. it's, you put it with deviant ingredient. Well, let's Correct. see what you think about this next song. So, it's the penultimate track on the album. That means second to last for listeners who don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> and it is dancing now. was the penultimate track dancing now and were you dancing just now spiritually yes with that, Juliet yes that is one of my favourite songs in this album and along with Eyes Wide Open actually these are the two songs probably that I played the most and I think they're quite similar actually in the way that they're both led by Fred I saw around there uh, and his lower vocal range and then the girls come in for the choruses um and also, with this one particularly, what I love is that when it gets to about two-thirds of the way through the song, then the guitar really kicks in and it just becomes... It goes up a gear, and everything along with that goes up a gear. So the girls' harmonies and the girls' individual vocals. I absolutely love this song. I don't connect with this song at all. It's definitely an album track. It's very serviceable as a song. But I can never remember it until it plays 
on the album. And then in the moment, I can kind of enjoy it. It's hooky, kind of catchy, but I can't sing along and I definitely can't sing along afterwards. It's definitely an album track, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a, it's a fun song. I'm just talking in track by track cliches now <laughs> because I haven't got too much to say about this track. And that's not because I hate it, uh, but it's not, and it's because I don't love it either. And let's not. not forget, and just as a reminder, when we talk about an album track, it's definitely an album track. That's not a criticism. No, absolutely not. Album track can be one of the best songs in the album, as I think this is. But or, it's not a single. But there's a reason it's buried on side two. Yes. Typically, when a song isn't super duper strong, it gets buried towards the end of the album, doesn't it? Well, I think it's how good the band are at creating their track list for the album so I think if a band's really good at doing that first of all if a band's really good they'll all be amazing songs yeah but if a band's really good at putting a track list together towards the end of the album they'll pick it up again so people leave with a lasting memory but if they're not so good they'll start with the good stuff not the album good stuff just to confuse anyone <laughs> and it'll peter out to something unforgettable and I remember th- pop albums from the 90s I'm trying to think of an example like, um, a 5 album for example I remember they had like 16 songs on them. So you start off with all the singles that would be amazing. Then there'd be some good other album tracks. And by about track 12 and there's four or five more to go, you just wouldn't care. Absolute shite. Yes. Yeah. But I, So with that in mind, I think they've put this song here. I feel like it's picked up again after too much to think about. To, to, to bring it up. Yeah. To try and end on the high note. That's how it works for me anyway. I get that. It's just a shame that maybe dancing now needed a little bit more time percolating. Let's agree to disagree. I don't do. I, don't, I can't agree with that. <laughs> so I'm I'm ready for the question, Noel. Uh, Robert. <laughs> hey, Will, is this a B52 banger or a B52 bomber? It's a B52 bomber. Oh no! It's our third bomber. No, I'm sorry. I He's not dancing now. In fact, apparently the next one's called "Keep This Party Going," but we're not going to. Anyway, here it is. Crack it! Last track on the album, Keep This Party Going. And the big question is, did it? And I think yes. What do you think, Robert? Well, factually, yes, because they're still touring. <laughs> it's not about facts, this podcast. It's about being <laughs> stupid. <laughs> is it? Um, I, I think it's an album track. I think I love the message of the song. On and on and on and on. I really like that. As the last song on an album, and now it is the last the last ever song on the last ever B-52's album, I, I wish they had gone full throttle with their kind of B-52 crazy loopy nuttiness. I don't think it's a fitting epitaph. I think it's just a decent song. Mm. Interesting. Is that mm. fair? Well, so when whenever this song starts, I would put it in the category or put it in the ilk of um, too much to think about, where it's very B-52s and it reminds me of, I feel like it could have been, a version of it could have been on an earlier album. But when it gets to the last sort of minute or two when they're talking about, 
Athens! And London is second, which I think is lovely. But then it really makes me think it's a, this is a proper party song, and I can imagine people bouncing so hard on the balcony that they nearly bring it down, because they're having so much fun. Like they did during the Cosmic Tour. Yes. <clears throat> Cosmic Thing Tour. Yeah. Um, and then it makes me think, so I actually would, I think this is a fitting end to the album, because... I, I would wager that a live version of the song would hit a bigger note than the the, the album version does, mm. where they, they're calling out all the names. That's where the party comes from. But I don't think that translates into the studio version. Well, I do. So, uh, Rob, question? question? Hey, Will! <laughs> is this... <laughs> A B-52 <laughs> banger or a B-52 bomber? It's a B-52 banger. Yay! Yay! We've ended on a... Keep the bangers going on. And we're going to... Because the Shanger Lang. Quite. It's time for further listening. Yay. One, one shout each. And I think it's pretty much anything from the B-52s, please. So one extra track each that we think the listeners should hear. Who's going first? So uh, we should be polite and start with the guest first. But, but why, since the guest why, why, himself why, isn't polite... <laughs> why start being polite now? <laughs> Mine is Big Bird off Whammy. So Big Bird there, Robert, what made you go for that one? The song is about nothing more than a big bird flying over the house and yet they create this awesome four-minute musical journey of what does the bird want. It's got that classic B-52 drum sound. It's got the punk barn girls, as Cindy always says. It's got a brass section, a nice sexy sax. And it's got the nuttiest, nuttiest lyrics with their wailing vocals and the oohs and the ahs. And it's got that brilliant ending, that 60s jazzy ending. Mm. I absolutely love it. Of all the early B-52s album tracks, the non-singles, this is the one that completely, succinctly sums up their sound in one song. Will, what did you think of that one? I really didn't like it. And Robert, I loved how eloquently you described what you loved about that. But for me, it just sounded like a hot mess. I hadn't heard that one for a while. Uh, and I forgot. Oh, so you'd heard it before? It yeah, I've, I've been through all the albums before. Um, and with this one, actually, with Wame, I always just go for... Uh, I often go back to Song for a Future Generation. That is my favourite B-52 song uh-huh. ever, probably. And the only one with Ricky on vocals. Mm. But this one, it was a lot of fun. I would have liked to have seen... if. Did they do this one live back in the day? I'm, I've seen live clips of it. Yeah. And it is brilliant. I would love a live version now as well. Yeah. Hey, Will. Is this a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? A B-52 bomber. Oh, I'm so sorry. I never liked that Will. I never liked him. Never liked that Will. So, so Will? For me, um, I've, I've, I've made a section. I thought it would be a quite a cute... Uh, throwback actually for the three of us it's you're going to play Scissor Sisters track <laughs> no but I found a, a stum- stumbled upon 
uh, a Sister Sisters remix of Funplex. Oh. The Scissor Sisters, which is at the Wet Seal mix of Funplex. I try, I thought this would be a fun selection. Um, I mean, it's not uh, it's not a remix that's going to set the world on fire, but it does give you a kind of Scissor Sisters night work feel to this track. Yeah, I really didn't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like, like that sort of music because that it's very repetitive. It's like it takes a 10 second clip and then it just loops it and loops it. I guess it's what people on drugs like because all right grandma (laughs) (laughs) but it's you know they like that repetitive music because they're on drugs and their memory is resetting every 10 seconds so for them it's it's the beat that they want i don't like it i really don't like it i really wish i hadn't heard it thanks Mm. will I'd quite like to be off my face enjoying that song but i don't get off my face so on drugs no Lemsip? Yes. Red Stripe? No. Calpol? Yes. Ooh, I love a bit of Calpol. As a child, I actually did overdose on Calpol. I had to be taken to hospital because I found the bottle and downed it. Oh my God. I enjoyed this remix. I wouldn't probably put it on day to day, but I imagine if I was quite drunk and on a night out or at a club in Glastonbury or something and this came on, I'd quite enjoy it. I like the. I do enjoy the samples of, and those harmonies from Fucking Glastonbury every five minutes. It's, it's, it's coming up. Is it oh, the highlight of your year? It. It's my Christmas of summer, of music. That's a lot of events rolled into one. <laughs> well, I would imagine, you know, if the bees were touring around the time that Scissor Sisters were coming out, then that's a perfect opening act for them. Yeah. And I can imagine the Scissor Sisters would cite the B-52s as an influence. Yeah, that's yeah, what I would imagine, yeah. I think what was great as well about that track and that choice of track and linking it back, bringing it full circle is that right at the beginning when we played Pump, I mentioned that I thought it sounded like some of the new acts around the time, including CSS, and they actually did a remix as well on this uh, remix EP of Funplex, and I didn't plan that at the beginning, so what a what treat. What a lovely link. So Dan, I'd like for you to go last. Well, there's no other option. My further listening track is from the Good Stuff album, which Good came Stuff. out in 1992. Sadly, uh, the album made without Cindy, so she doesn't feature, but this is almost a Kate solo track, and this one is Revolution Earth. I love it. I love that song. Absolutely love it. It's nice that Kate gets a solo song because I know Cindy's had solo songs on some of the previous albums. Cindy was dearly departed at the time. Temporarily. (laughs) Temporarily. So it's nice Kate gets her solo 
song because she did that shiny happy people with REM. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. So was, she had her little spotlight there, but she gets a spotlight within the band. It's such a dreamy, gorgeous little song. I love it. I'd love to see it live. I would too. Will is that? First of all, have you heard that one before? Actually, no, I haven't. But what a fun song! <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed that actually. Which is yeah. weird because you don't like slow songs, well, or is that slow. your euphemism for? I don't want to be mean about it, so I'll say it's fun. Is that? What no, you're doing? no, no, no. Can be good. No, come on now. Okay. Um, <laughs> nah, you're out of order. <laughs> no, I think it is a fun song, and I like the fact it's just her yeah. for a change. Um, and yeah, it's 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 light. It's it's nice. I'm glad you agree. Obviously, I love that song. I think it's it's almost six minutes, so it's a little bit of an epic for the B-52s. Yeah. And I love that... Almost as long as Bohemian Rhapsody. Almost. And I like that Kate just leads it. In fact, I think Fred only gets two words in that song where it says, In sunshine, after she sings it. That's all he gets. Not to say that he shouldn't have any part in the song, but I just, I think it's fantastic. I think there's something quite magical about it. Her vocal, I think, is incredible. The, the range... Uh, and some fantastic harmonies with uh, with the backing singer there, and some great lines. And one that really sticks out to me on that is that, um, and we know that we're alive if we weren't sure before. I think that's lovely. It's very optimistic. Yeah. I can't believe we got through this whole podcast and we didn't mention uh, Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought generally that might be your your deep cut. It was a, it was a single there, wasn't it? Oh, it was, yes. The BC-52. The BC-52. Yes. And if I remember, the, the news reporter at the beginning of the album says they've just returned from their gruelling three-day world tour. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so that brings We're us to the end. Out of time. Yes. Well, hang on. Hey, Will. Oh, yes. Was that a B-52 banger or a B-52 bomber? B-52 bomber. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, I'm being tough, aren't I? So, although Why? I thought it was a fun, light song, it wasn't amazing for me. You can't see my face, listeners, but I'm shocked right now. I'm shocked. <laughs> anyway, we're out, out of, of time. time. Thank so, you, you both of you, for today. Well, thank you. And thank you, Robert, for joining us. Thank me, thank me. And I believe that we can hear your voice elsewhere on Trash. Is that right? You can. Currently, our second season of Torn Stubs is ruling the airwaves. Well, we are they ruling, Will? Sort of limping over the line. <laughs> I wasn't very good at PE at school. <laughs> My podcasts have followed suit. We are currently covering all of Sofia Coppola's movies. So you will find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and TuneIn. And if you want to... Go and listen to my interview with Cindy Wilson. Shoot first, talk later. The photo shoot podcast. That's also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a B52s fan, and if you've got this far through the episode, then you probably are. There's a new feature with Cindy appearing on MoveToTrash.co.uk tomorrow, so do look out for that. It's called Side One Track One, and it's me. And Cindy going through the band's back catalogue and looking at those album openers, including Pump. You spoke to her over the phone, didn't you? Yeah. Did you buy her a bottle of wine? No. She yeah. gave me this bottle of rosé that someone gave her once that said was like <laughs> trashy or something. That's so trashy. <laughs> oh, your one-upmanship today with that has just been... <laughs> I think you expected to look over and see you on the floor with each other, honestly. 
let us know what you thought or think of the B-52s and if you agree with what we had to say today about Funplex, do let us know on the usual outlets at Move to Trash UK. Hashtag Track by Track. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. So Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease of who's coming up next week? So next week it's another male and female group. It's another party band. This one <laughs> is from the 90s. And hopefully the episode won't be a tragedy. So until next time, I've been Dan, a Gemini from Nottinghamshire, and I like festivals and rating and liking podcasts. I've been Will, an Aries from Devon, and I like building Lego and laughing inappropriately during podcast recordings. And I've been Robert, an Aquarius from Hertfordshire, and I like cake and find in abandoned kitchen appliances. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.